welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Financial professionals, let's move forward together. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today is Julie Wilkinson. Julie has over 12 years experience delivering financial expertise to a variety of companies from smaller SMEs to large corporate firms. Julie's entrepreneurial journey began when she started Wilkinson Accounting Solutions, and within two and a half years, she had grown it to a team of 14 people and her passion to help other businesses build sustainable growth that will allow them to build a business that runs without them, to maximize value, allowing them to live the life they want to live while still running their business. Julie also has several other businesses, including building her own property portfolio, business acquisitions, and is also a finance coach and mentor helping others believe in themselves and supporting their personal development goals. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Julie Wilkinson. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, first off, Julie, why do you do what you do? Uh, Just because I enjoy it, really. So, um, I mean, I've been in finance for over 20 years, actually. Um, I, I started when I left school. Um, and one of the things I'm when I do like the finance coach or mentor, I suppose one of the things I'm quite interested in personal development because I didn't go to university. So I studied through work and I actually studied, I suppose, a bit later in life. I didn't start till I was about 25. So I'm a bit of an advocate for sort of older, older learning and going into something, you know, that you haven't done before. Um, in terms of like the business that I run now. So I always worked in corporate. So I worked for big companies and I one of the last companies I worked at, they had done some acquisitions and I had a bit of a project where I went in and helped in, integrate different entities into the group. And one of those entities was, I suppose, an SME. That was probably my first insight but into an SME world because I'd obviously always worked for the big companies, not the not the smaller companies. And I helped sort of streamline and integrate it. And I, I realised, you know, it was quite poorly ran, I suppose, in terms of structure and and um, I thought, wow, this company's struggling and they're backed by this big group. What does the average company do? So I did a survey and I asked 100, um, no, sorry, I asked 20 businesses what their accountants did. And 100% only saw their accounts once a year. Um, and then I went, I spoke to some accountants and, you know, I was sort of told the SME world doesn't value management accounts. You know, they just need tax and bookkeeping. But when I sort of investigated it, I realized that actually what was being offered wasn't really what I would say what I would know as a business partner and a management accountant and I think what I realized was I had a skill set that a lot of accountants didn't have because you can't really teach five years experience in you know 20 years experience in corporate you know that although you can do the qualification you don't have it so I think I knew I had a skill set that a lot of accountants didn't have and that's what that was the basis where I started the company from and obviously we've grown from there. Well, tell me a little bit more about your work with companies that are either wanting to be acquired or want to acquire other companies. Yeah, so we got this is, I suppose, one of our specialisms because we have an accounting and tax team and a consultancy team. And I think where it came from was, you know, when you're speaking to SME businesses, most people want, you know, a form of wealth where they can work when they want. But I think the reality is, a lot of businesses don't actually get that in the end. You know, they like working for themselves, but they end up working hours and hours doing everything either have rapid growth and can't control it or don't really get where they want and close it, you know, or in the end, the rapid growth might close it. So one of the things I always wanted was to help people transition their their business from a lifestyle to an asset, because in the end, it's the asset that's going to make the money, whether that's on a sale or whether that's on a silent um, show. That then comes with sort of exit planning. And I suppose the acquisition arm is a quick way to grow. You know, so if people have an exit route in mind, you know, they want to earn X amount of money, 
when we build their plans, the acquisitions is a good arm for that because it's a way you can grow quite quickly and obviously get access to different markets and and, and resource and skill sets. Um, and also within that process, they'll then think about their exit journey as well because the whole point they're doing the acquisitions is to build their own business for their own journey. So talk to me about what do you think some of the things that a, a business can do if it wants to be acquired to make it more attractive to those that want to buy it? Yeah, so I mean, if people that are in the space, I mean, there's a lot of talk on how brokers manipulate the profits and things. I think the end result is that most businesses that sell aren't prepared, especially within the UK. I think the US is at over ahead, but in the UK, and I, I think about um, 75 percent of it is don't 75 percent businesses don't end up selling that are sort of on the market to sell because they're just not ready. So. I think the key thing to do is you need to do it earlier on. So I think the problem is people are just going day to day. I think the first thing you need to do is step back and actually think about what do you want? Like why do you want the business? Where do you want it to be? To have an idea of when you might want to exit it. Now, an exit doesn't have to be a full exit. No, it might just be you don't want to work full time in it. But if you don't want to work full time in it and you work full time in it now, you've got to do something about it. And then and then you then have to invest in the right people systems processes you know the right um to make sure that you can make it happen so when people ask me well how do you do that I mean I would always start with a plan you know at the end of the day you've got your vision you need to put that vision on paper I would say you have to work backwards so you have to say an end in mind work backwards and then you have to financially plan so because obviously a financial forecast is different to a business plan the business plan will talk about the how why you know where whereas the forecast will talk about the what and how you know financially how can you achieve it and they have to go together and and have real kpis and you know targets for yourself within those numbers so you know when you're looking at doing the next getting to the next stage like maybe it's your first hire maybe you're bringing on a new ceo maybe you need to bring in a managing director or an ops director something like that you know they're quite big hires and for that you need to make sure you've got the cash flow and the you know and the clients and the you know the, the business structure to, to actually be able to afford that long term. So let's flip it the other way. What about businesses that are perhaps looking to acquire? What do, what do they need to do to get ready to acquire others? Yeah. So, I mean, we, there's two people that typically, there's two types of people that typically buy either people that just want to go through an investment journey or businesses acquiring for their own business growth. Um, I mean, when people approach us to buy, the first question we ask them is, well, do you have your own cash flow? Because you'd be surprised how many people have like excess cash or just say, oh, I can buy a business. But actually, the hard work starts once you buy it, not when you're buying it, when you're in the process of buying it. So I think you still have to plan your end route, even when you're acquiring, because although you might be acquiring something established, actually, you still have to run that business post-acquisition. And in the UK specifically, SME businesses typically are quite owner-operated. So we find that there is normally, I would say, probably for the first six months after acquisition, some form of performance dip in the business, purely just because of culture change, not having, like the owner was so involved that, you know, they've got to do this handover. People might leave because they're unhappy with the change and things like that. And and I think, you know, as the buyer, you have to be prepared and make sure you've got the right capital injection needed for that risk planning. And Julie, we have an exit question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero? (laughs) So I was talking about this before. I mean, whether a hero is the right word, but I think someone who inspires me, I like Stephen Bartlett from Dara, the CEO. I listen to him because I've got, I launched a podcast this year. Um, so I really like Stephen Bartlett. He's good. I like his um, podcasts. 
And lastly, Julie, how can somebody contact you? Yeah, so I'm on, well, I'm on all social. So I'm on LinkedIn. Our website's uh, www.wilkinsonaccountingsolutions.co.uk or I'm on email, which is julie.wilkinson at wilkinsonaccountingsolutions.co.uk. All right. Julie Wilkinson, founder of Wilkinson Accounting Solutions. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thanks for having me. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.